Welcome to Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to learn from fellow business owners how to decrease the chaos and increase their sense of fulfillment while becoming more profitable. I'm your host, Tracy Trepesky. I'm an executive coach and consultant and mindset mastery expert. I'm also mom to two amazing teenagers and a menagerie of adopted furry family members. In each episode, we explore challenges, opportunities, and actionable tips to help you move your business forward while staying true to your vision. You'll hear from me and my guests how we've tackled some of the pitfalls and unexpected surprises that entrepreneurship delivers. We're the real deal, and we're here to inspire and encourage you. Let's dive in. This is episode four of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today for a new episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast where entrepreneurs just like you and me show how they master their mindset to overcome obstacles to their success. In today's episode, I have the distinct pleasure of speaking with the incomparable Dr. Andrew Orr, the Brisbane baby maker. In our conversation, you'll hear how Andrew's decision to downsize actually made his clinic more profitable and how he's never looked back. You'll also want to hear how he decided to create his own supplement line when he was told he'd be waiting at least six months before he could replenish his stock to support his patients and their wellness. Listen carefully and take to heart to his advice about never getting it right the first time, asking for help, and taking time for yourself. Grab a beverage or snack and settle in to listen to Dr. Andrew Orr and his amazing journey. Okay, so, well, thank you for coming, Dr. Orr, Andrew. Um, I'm yeah. excited to have you here today and and hear about your journey as an entrepreneur and as a healthcare provider and kind of learn what what you've had to learn how to balance and the the pitfalls and the successes that you've had along the way. So thanks for being here. Thank you for inviting me. It's it's great to be here. And so where are you in the world right now? I am in Brisbane, Australia. And it's almost midnight. It's almost midnight, it's 11.39 and I'm still awake and... It's just getting started. <laughs> oh, it's just getting started. <laughs> there it's been mentioned. a long day, but anyway. Yeah, yeah thank God this it's is what we do, isn't it? As entrepreneurs, we're up and we're creating. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I keep a somewhat regular schedule, but there are times when I'm just in flow. And so the world shuts down and I just do what I need to do. And my family seems to be able to look at me and know that I'm in something and leave me alone most of the time while I'm doing <laughs> it. <laughs> most of and the that's, time. That's the important thing. Like on, I say to people on a Friday night or Saturday night, I finish work, it's my time. So if I want to stay up till, you know, midnight, one o'clock, it's my time. Yeah. So yeah. you've got to do it. Yeah. So you do not work on weekends though? No, I haven't worked weekends since I've had children, which Good. is something I've try and instill in others but yeah yeah it's important very important family time family time and just downtime i think if you if you're working like i will occasionally spend some time on a weekend if i'm working on something but i don't take client calls or do any of that kind of stuff on weekends that's so, exactly right yeah and that's what i try and do too that friday it's pretty much you know switch off the phone um no calls Try not to look at emails and then wait till Monday morning. And that's when you go, okay, I'll do it all now. Yeah. 
I can put that hat back on. Yeah, yeah. that's it. It's about putting the hat on. It's a really good analogy. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting because, you know, we need to be able to switch gears and turn it off. And it's hard when it's our baby. It's the thing that you have grown on your own. And so how do you do that? I mean, you get to change locations. You obviously don't see patients in your home, but how else do you do that? I think it's about setting those boundaries up front. I think um, for me, when I first went into business, I, I spoke to people like yourself, you know, and had some really good sort of mentors and people that were already in business. And they, they spoke to me and said, look, this is what you have to do. Otherwise, you're going to burn out and you can't work weekends and you can't be there for everyone all the time. So I took that on board and that sort of stayed with me. And it's probably kept me where I am now, where I've seen a lot of my colleagues burn out and because there's a high burnout rate with practitioners and there may be you know I think a lot of entrepreneurs <laughs> burn out as well so it, it's having those healthy boundaries and um, learning from other people and and listening you know we hear it um, but you've got to take it on board too so that's what I've always done and taking that time for myself and, and family you know but firstly myself because I can't serve others if I'm you know fallen on the ground and curled up in the corner and rocking <laughs> <laughs> in the fetal position. In well, the fetal position. That's such a good point. And that's something that I want I want to kind of repeat that and highlight that for our listeners because we're really conditioned by society, by our parents, by everybody around us to not be selfish. And I flip that on its head when I work with clients and ask, are you willing to be selfish enough to take excellent care of yourself? Because the more we put into ourselves, the higher quality our energy is when we give. And most entrepreneurs start their businesses for some kind of passion. And oftentimes it's of service. Mm. It's challenging because you're balancing a lot of things. You're a parent, you're a business owner. I hear you play some music. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. I have my downtimes there. And I remember a while ago, there was this lovely lady from the US that ran me through this thing about what I wanted to do in my ideal life. And it stuck with me for even I tell my own patients that now and I tell my people that I mentor is about having envisioning that life that you want. And this person, her name was Tracy. I don't know if you know her or not. (laughs) (laughs) I think I might know her. (laughs) I think you might know her. But that's what it was about. It was really brought at home at that time. What I needed to hear was from you was imagine the life that you want and envisage that life that you want and go and achieve it and work everything else around it. And that's what I've done. And it served me really, really well. And you, and people think, oh, but if I do that, I'm not going to get the money or the income and all this coming in. You actually get more income and you can serve better. You serve better at home because you're at your full capacity and you're full of energy and you put yourself first, not in a selfish way and not in an egotistical way or a bad way, but you put yourself first and say, I need to do this, this and this to keep myself going. And it was one of the best things I've ever done. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm really glad to hear that. And I mean, that was several years ago, so it's really stuck with you. And that's the cornerstone of my work, really. I mean, I'll never, ever start working with somebody until we've gone through that process. And it, you know, we're, we're geared up as entrepreneurs to go racing out of the gate like a horse. (laughs) And um, it's a mistake to do that. 
it almost always ends up being a mistake. And so I use this idea of like, we're going to slow down before we speed up. We're going to get super, super clear about everything. And what what I remember from when we did that um, that exercise together is that you were already really clear about you, what you wanted and how you wanted it to look. You maybe just hadn't put it all together. Mm. And, that's, and that, that's, that's true. That's the thing that makes that's like flips the switch that changes everything. Cause then your subconscious mind goes, wait, hold on, we're doing what? And it yeah. starts to like shut down the noise and help you get really focused. You know, focus is not, it's not my nature. It's not a lot of people's nature. It's something that we have to manufacture. So the the more clarity that we can create, the more focus that we can create. And then we can actually make progress. So on the outside, it looks like we've darted, you know, and just soared through life and we're just successful and amazing. We're, you know, meanwhile, we're behind the scenes slogging and chipping and, you know. That's it. It's not an easy run. I think um, if I could say that to anyone, when you start a business or you're going to become an entrepreneur, it's not easy. And there's all these things you have to do. And this is where you need a coach like yourself to coach you through every step of the way because no matter how good you are at what you do you don't know everything and you can't do everything and you just need someone to focus you back into what's important what all the things you need to focus on and that's what you do and I think that's what really brought it home for me was listening to a couple of what you I remember you sent me an audio file of what I had to do and envisage and this is where I had to go and, and I I played it over and over and over and over again. I'm like, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> it's amazing too, because your your subconscious mind really takes that and sees it as a present tense thing, like this thing that you're creating, this vision that you're creating, it hears it in the present tense and wants to go make that so because there's a there's a gap. And I don't fully understand all of the neuroscience behind it because I'm I'm an MBA, not a therapist, but I find that it's one of the most useful tools. Mm-hmm. And even if I don't do that, you know, for everybody I ever talk to, I tell them, you know, write it down. So if I'm teaching a workshop live, I'm not, I can't do that for 50 people in one sitting. So, (laughs) so, but I'll teach people, you know, whatever story you want to be your truth, write it now in the present tense as if it's happened. Don't say, I want this to happen, or I hope one day or whatever. It'll always be hanging out there in front of you. And um, when your subconscious mind hears it in the present tense and you start to act as if, it's these magical things start to happen because it's as if the the resources that you need float down from the sky and flop in front of you. Like, and I tell people, I mean, it's really just about focusing your mind, but it's hard to focus our mind. So for example, when you're going to buy a new car and you do some research and then you settle on the car that you're going to buy, and then you go out to the dealership and on your way there, you see like 14 of the car and about six of them maybe are the exact color and luxury package or whatever that you're buying. And you're thinking, did the manufacturer just dump these on the market? No, that's just where your focus went. So we can make the things that we need and want appear in front of us by shutting down the rest of the noise. I think you've done that brilliantly. Um, I've tried. (laughs) Yeah, I think you have. I mean, you know, we're never perfect at it. It's always, you know, it's a meandering, winding path. But, you know, when we were talking earlier, you said something about how you've kind of restructured how you run your practice what what have you changed and what precipitated that? And is that working out better for you than what was going before? Yeah, it, it's working out a lot better for me. I think because I focused on me 
Um, and before I had a very busy practice. I had, you know, multiple practitioners. I had multiple staff there. And I thought that model is what you need to survive and bring money in and stuff like that. But then I thought, well, I'm dealing with all these people and different emotions and I'm not really in control of other people's emotions. So I brought it all back to me and it's been the best thing I've ever done because now I don't have to worry about anyone else but me. Sure, I don't have the amount of people coming in but at the same time actually more income than I was before because I'm not paying it out to all these different people right so it's, it's it's just looking at things differently and and thinking about it differently you know to to be a better life that work-life balance for yourself and working smarter but not harder and um, I think that's what you really made me think about and it's like having those vision boards like you sort of had that guided thing that you were guiding through and say this is what you need to do here and here but if you can't do that with someone you can still write up these vision boards and go I need to do this this and how I'm going to obtain that so for me it was like oh my biggest bugbear is my staff. My biggest bugbear is dealing with other people's emotions. Why do I have to do that? I don't. Okay, go and work for yourself and just go back to what you were before. You don't need this big thing. So that's what I did. Isn't and that interesting? I'm, yeah, and now I'm more happier than ever. I earn more money than I was before because I'm not paying out to everyone. And I've created a work-life balance that suits me, um, not what suits everyone else. Yeah. I think it's, I always find it fascinating when we, when we decide to narrow our focus, it's terrifying because mm -hmm. we think, we think that we're going to end up with less somehow, but it has been my experience and the experience of my clients that narrowing the focus and even niching down within whatever it is that you do can, it can seem a little scary at first, but the quality of clients, patients, customers that come through increases because they're more, a better fit to what you're doing. Um, and also the money. And sometimes it's, you know, downsizing and not having as much going out. And sometimes it's just simply like they come in, they're higher quality, you get more yeses and you go forward. Um, yeah. I did that with blocking my time several years ago. The coach I was working with said, you know, you're kind of all over the map and you're getting mixed results. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, there's so much I have to do. <laughs> and, yeah. and she challenged me to, to shave off a couple of days of coaching and move it into a more compressed schedule. That scared the hell out of me. I was like, yeah, what do you it's mean? Scary. I'm less available. Oh my God. She's like, yeah, but all these things you're doing, when do you ever get a good run to like write blogs or create content or go speak or whatever? Like you're constantly juggling and it's probably going to burn you out and you're really good at what you do. I want you to be able to keep doing it. And it's like, well, thanks. That's great. I don't feel very good right now. So I did it. I took the leap. And I compressed my schedule to three days a week for client calls. And then, and so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Monday and Friday are my admin and creation days. And sometimes yeah. I don't usually take Mondays off, but sometimes I'll just blow Friday completely off. Just like I'm sleeping in, I'm going to go for a hike. I'm not talking to anybody today. Um, amazingly within about a month, I increased my income by about 40%. Absolutely. I think my content became more, you know, attractive, more magnetic. My energy probably shifted. I was probably having higher quality conversations with less distraction. You know, I can't tell you exactly what it was, but it's an incredible thing when you decide to do that. And, you know, you had a large practice, multiple locations and to go down to one location, one practitioner and make more money 
is astounding. <laughs> yeah, and that's that was the beauty of it all. And um, I think I shared with this with you previously is that even now I'm looking at actually stepping back even further and doing a lot more things online. And it's interesting that my online patients that aren't face-to-face, -face, I actually get better results with than the people that come to see me. And I'm thinking you have to be there in front of them and you're engaging and, you know, you get... And because I feel that I get better results from being one-on-one -on -one with them. But the reality is my interstate, my people that are um, anywhere in the world, because I can now reach anywhere in the world, those people are getting better results than my people that are local. And I think that some of that too is because they're not here. So then they do it more because they they can't access me. So it's, it's a kind of weird dynamic, but it's really in, enlightening because now I can think, I could be sitting on a beach somewhere and <laughs> doing these calls. With a tequila. <laughs> With a tequila. <laughs> Oops, we said it. <laughs> we said it. <laughs> but it's true. You could. It, mm -hmm. And it, 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 I think if anything uh, now, if COVID's taught us anything, is that we all have to be online. And um, we can do it online if we have to because a lot of us were forced online to do teleconsults and um, like for yourself, you know, you might have to do coaching calls online and now and the world is just online and mm. people are busy and they can't come to see us. So now it's like, Oh, yeah, but I can do an online consult. Yeah. Well, think of it this way, too. It expands our reach. If we can if we can reach more people in the world, then we're not limited by geography. That changes things. And we do know that reputation times reach equals revenues. And so you also, you've created a course that you have your patients, your distance patients go through or several, something like that, right? And you did it once and you get to deliver it multiple times, which can increase your income, but also preserve your energy. And that's, you know, effective. And I, I'm sure that there's a psychology behind, you know, why they're more compliant than your local clients. I think you're onto something there with that. But I think that you could even start to implement that with your local clients and you could probably, you know, air quotes here, see more patients doing it that way because you could spread them out differently. Yeah, I, th I think <clears throat> so. And then it allows you to free your time up and this is where you need to then outsource and go, hang on, I can spend more time doing what I need to do and what I'm good at rather than trying to do everything and say spend more time on my social media and that which which gets me more reach all around the world and frees me up to have the life that I actually want mm -hmm. and so it's it's a really interesting dynamic whereas years ago I would have thought that going no you can't do that you've got to see people face to face you've got to have a clinic you've got to do this and you don't mm -hmm. you could do it from anywhere in the world and it's it's a Right? Once you get your head around it, yeah, it works. <laughs> yep, and figure out the tech side of things. And yeah, I, I've been doing a lot of online work, but not like courses or online marketing, but my clients are all over the world. <clears throat> so I'm used to doing some kind of you know video conferencing or something like that. What I was not used to was shifting like workshops and masterclasses online. I had taught webinars. I never really loved them. I, I can do them. I still do them. I still don't love them. Um, but it's a way to reach people and it's a way to share content. And when the pandemic hit, one of the things that happened was all of my live events canceled and it was about 80% of my work. And with that new client creation. 
It's so true. Yeah, you know, I one of the things I decided was, well, no matter what happens, I still want to be of service. So that's where I'm going to double down. And mm. so I just popped on Eventbrite and put a couple of masterclasses up and taught them. I don't know that I've had any direct increase in revenue from that. Um, but what I've done is keep myself in my energy of being of service and of practicing the skill set that I'm going to need to have for a long time. I also used to think that to work like to train my clients' teams that I needed to be on site for that to be able to get. I'm very kinesthetic, so I always think I need a, a feel of things. Um, yeah. But one of my clients is in Georgia, and I don't know if you've been paying attention to what's happening with COVID in Georgia, but there's no way I'm going there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, seven months on, and we're like, never mind. I'll train everybody by Zoom. Let's go. Um, yeah. And it saves them money because they're not covering my travel fees and whatnot. So it works out well for everybody. It's a multiple win. But it's but it's interesting. I was very dead set against doing any of that kind of consulting work um, online. And now I'm thinking, I wonder how much of that process I can automate before I start working with them. So it frees up my time. I do the work once, multiple you know, multiple payments, but also multiple multiplying my reach that way. And then less of me goes into the hard part, right? So I think our listeners, you know, if we have a lot of younger people, this might not be that shocking. But for those of us who are maybe Gen X, um, yeah. <laughs> we we grew up without technology. And so we've we've embraced it or without this kind of technology, we've embraced it, but we're not necessarily loving missing some of the human contact. But I do believe that we can create it in another way. It's not the same, but it's it's still good. We maintain it's true. That. It's it's like what we're doing now. It's not in person, but we still have a connection and we still have that contact. And it, yeah, sure, it's not the same as face to face, but it's still a way of talking to people and you're still learning. And I think um, because I had another, you know, set up some multiple income and I was teaching practitioners when COVID hit and I, I'd had hotels booked and all that. And then COVID hit and I was like, well, I've done online before. I can just bring this online. And because I'm ready, it was so, in three days, I had a three-day turnaround and I did it. And then I turned around and went, I didn't pay for a hotel. <laughs> I didn't pay for food. I didn't pay for all this stuff. I didn't have to travel anywhere. And I actually got more people from everywhere. And I had people mm. from New York. I had people from um, Ireland and all stuff that joined in that I would never have got before. So it, it's taught me a lot that you just, these online platforms are a way for us to create some form of freedom and also streamline things. Like you said, you know, for me, like you just said, you can spend a weekend, do some videoing, and then it's all automated and you never have to do it again. Yeah. How can it get any better? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That, you know, five years ago, I looked a bit younger, but no. Oh, right, right. Well, so we just get, you know, good lighting. Um, <laughs> now, you were talking about multiple streams of income. You also have a supplement line. When did you start that and how kind of where did that come from for you? Um, it came from a necessity, actually. Um, it came from a, an incident very much like COVID. <laughs> ah. um, years ago here in Australia, we only had one, manu one major manufacturer that um, made all our pharmaceuticals and supplements and things like that here in Australia. And they they had this incident with a travel product. So instead of just banning the travel product, they shut the whole company down, which shut. So within a night, every supplement, every 
medicine that was produced here in Australia was shut down and we couldn't get anything. So I thought, well, what am I going to do? And so I <laughs> yeah. decided I'm going to manufacture my own stuff. So some of it came from the US, some of it came from China. And um, so I bought it all in within... Uh, I think within six weeks I had my own product range up and running and I could actually keep functioning and other people like companies were just still and we've seen that again with COVID um, where I might have to look at different countries again and and you've got to adapt and change because China doesn't like Australia much anymore but um, Mm, China everybody's best friend (laughs) (laughs) we put all eggs in one basket yeah and that's what happened before with Australia so you've just got to adapt and change so that's what happened and um, it gave me another income stream and um, through necessity and yeah just thinking outside the box yeah, what's remarkable is, well, two things is one is your resilience. No, you may have paused, but it doesn't sound like it stopped you at all, you, you know, and then your ability to uh, pivots the word of 2020, right? So let's not use the word pivot. <laughs> adjust, you know, course yeah. correct. And, yeah. um, you know, to and go, well, there's got to be another solution. That's, I think that that's one of the th- beauties of entrepreneurs, I think all humans are possessed with this, but I think that entrepreneurs either have it or build that muscle. And that's something that we have to be able to do. And, you know, for people who are listening, if you're new in your business, start thinking about ways to create multiple streams of income. You don't have to start them all at once because you might get spread out and not make money in any of them, but be ready to jump when an opportunity arises. And sometimes the opportunity is necessity right? Necessity is the mother of invention. Um, And for sure, you know, you needed that your patients rely on your supplements, you know, I mean, that's a huge part of how you treat people. Um, Cool. So and now you're looking at at making another adjustment to your manufacturing, because it's not realistic to be continuing with in relationship with China. No. And how do you find out about where you can do? um, We just have to find countries that um, are already manufacturing um mm-hmm. and they're approved, approved like you've got the fda we've got the tga um but there's you know there's already pharmaceutical manufacturers around the world that pr- produce supplements and medicines in in india korea is the next big thing and there's mm-hmm. a few um companies there so it's looking at that and going well where are these countries uh say like india which is it's not a communist country um so it's dealt with English rule and it's their English speaking and they're quite easy to deal with and then they've got quite a high standard so the TGA audits them and once they've been audited these factories and they've set a standard we can start producing from them and so that's what it's like and some that's what happened before you know there was companies here who were buying off we couldn't even buy off either Mm -hmm. um and they said oh you know we're going to be six months before we get our products and like stuff that i can get that made in two months (laughs) (laughs) i'm out (laughs) i'm out i'm going to get my own yeah and that's what i'm going to do now it's um i've basically been told well you might not get your products made and if you run out you run out so i'm like well okay well i'll just get it made somewhere else Mm-hmm. that's what you do you, you adapt and you adjust and and that's business isn't it yeah that's life uh, actually <laughs> it's life yeah. and you have to in business realize that what you did five years ago isn't going to work now so you've got to adapt and adjust and keep adapting and adjusting and yeah yeah if you look back five years how different are things 
Oh. <laughs> I said that I said that to pra- a couple of practitioners in a mentoring group today. I said, "There's things that I told people five years ago. I look back, back. I told them what? Yeah. Well, that was it. Made sense then. <laughs> things <what>? have changed. <laughs> yeah, things have changed, mm-hmm. and it's all about change and adapting to the change and seeing it as a good thing. And it and it keeps you on your toes. It keeps you thinking. And we never get it right first up. You never get it right. And ever. Ever. <laughs> Again, if you're, you know, a baby entrepreneur, listen and listen closely. <laughs> you know, you yeah. never get it. Failure is I it's a launch pad to success. So I I call it the trampoline. The harder you yeah. fall, the higher you bounce back. So you know, go for That's it. Just true. go for it. If you don't know what you're doing, do it anyway. Uh, just, right. just go give it a try. I think any successful entrepreneur, if they're really honest with they've probably failed more times than they've had success and they constantly learning from that process and it's the same in business you just fall and then you get back up and go okay I did that wrong let's move on and then you go okay I can't do this anymore what am I going to do oh there's a coach oh they might have some ideas how about I call Tracy? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yes, five 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 one two one two. So, and I, I think you know, for if you're in a position where you're not financially able to hire a coach, find someone you admire and ask them to mentor you. I, I usually have at least one mentee um, that I like to work with at any given time, and they've been really bold and courageous in asking and saying, you know, they originally came and and um, did a consultation, and when I quoted my fees, they were kind of like. I don't have that kind of income. And so I just let them sit with that for a minute. And two two people have been really bold and said, I don't have the income, but I promise I'd do the work. Would you be willing to mentor me? Mm. And it's worked out really well. They're a great source of referrals. They're having amazing success. They're delightful, wonderful people. So I get to support them in, in creating their ripple. So do, you know, find someone, a mentor, a coach, a business, a, um, consultant, something, you know, somebody, anybody who can take you under their wing and support you in the process. Cause we don't know, we don't know. And we absolutely don't know where our blind spots are until somebody points them out to us. And the sooner we can, yeah, the sooner that we can find them, the faster we're going to move forward. I still work with a coach. I I float in and out of coaching and uh, mastermind groups. Um, And it just depends on what my needs are from year to year, but I still check in. I think it's really important. I think that's what I've had along the way is some really good mentors that I still call up and because they're they've maybe older or been in business longer and they've already seen what <laughs> what I've been through and what they've already been through it. So you can talk yeah. to them and say, Hey, I'm here and they can give you that sort of advice. But there are times when even they're stuck and they're asking you for advice. Um, and that's when you've got to go, Oh God, I need just need that extra thing and where am I going to get that and that's where people like yourself are really good because you can sit there and go well have you thought of this 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 and this and let's get you back to focus and and it it really offers you something that you can't do yourself you can't Um, and I think it it's it's so important no matter what even if you can't afford it find a way to do it yeah well, often I'll, you know, if somebody's in a tight financial position, I'll ask them, well, how could you afford it? Because mm. the ROI on coaching is very high. It's like 87%. And so you'll you'll make back what you invest in yourself. You always will, whether it's coaching with me or in some other program or, you know, whatever. But when you make that investment, you make it back. 
if, if you have a good, you know, if there's a good um, synergy there, you know, if you don't like the person or they're not providing value, that's different. But um, yeah, so, you know, how can you afford it? <laughs> One of the things I started doing after COVID was when solo entrepreneurs come to me and want to work with me, if they bulk at my pricing, I say, well, another option is, and by the way, I only do this for like solo entrepreneurs. I don't do it for my high level professionals because they always have the money to pay but um (laughs) like you know but i if if i and i only offer it if i know they're going to do the work or i feel strongly that they will but if you're committed to doing this work i'm willing to work with you on a pay what you can basis so don't tell me today let's come back in a week i want you to sleep on it i want you to maybe lose a little bit of sleep about it and i want you to come back with a number that makes you uncomfortable but doesn't make it so you can't feed your family or pay for your the roof over your head and i've i'm so glad that i trusted that the instinct to do that because i've got such amazing wonderful new clients through that who are going gangbusters and who are i call them sneezers so they're telling everybody that they're working with me and so i'm getting a lot of referral um you know requests for consultations now, which is great. But, you know, it's a matter, sometimes you just got to ask, right? Yeah, you do. Will you work with me? Will you help me? I'm stuck or I don't want to get stuck. Sometimes people come to me before they ever are stuck, but they, they don't want to get stuck because they're on a good roll. Yeah. So I agree, I agree. And I've done that too, where you people couldn't afford it. And then all of a sudden they're your best referrers and it, and it comes back in other ways. Yeah. And you think, oh, wow, I yeah. Okay. Yeah. It does. It yeah. really, really, really does. It does. So you, you are, yeah. you do multiple things. You have, you see your patients, Yeah. you see them either in person or, or um, telemedicine, you mm. have your supplement line and you have an education program for physicians, for other physicians. Right. What do you do with them? What are you teaching them? <laughs> <laughs> um, basically um, for me, it, it, it's mainly uh, protocols and stuff to be a better practitioner. Not so much what you do on that business level. Um, it's more, I know what I'm good at and I can teach you what I know, um, but it's also then putting them in contact with people like yourself. So it's going to be like a national or international referral system that people are on board and we can all work together. So our practitioners are notoriously bad business people. I'll say that 100%. (laughs) They might just like they're going to throw rocks at me now, but they are. (laughs) They're bad at business. We can't be good but at everything. Good, they can't be good at everything, right? So, and and you've got to admit that. So, um, do what you're good at. So that's what I teach them. Is like I'll teach you how to be better practitioner, but then someone else that has the business skills like yourself can teach you to do that, and then I can put you in contact with them. So that's yeah. how I work with them. So it's a symbiotic relationship of or everyone working together. We work within our scope of practice, and then we put them in contact with patients that ring up say I want an expert and I go well I do know an expert here's one here and you know they're an expert now because they've been trained not only by myself but by someone like you and they're they're better at everything and so that's what I'm trying to do now set up this the booking.com of (laughs) that's so cool too because I think you know I work with a lot of doctors in my in my coaching and consulting practice, and it's really hard, I think, in the world of medicine to admit any kind of weakness. Um, and so it takes a while, even in the context of a confidential coaching consulting 
um, relationship takes a while to draw that out and to learn. I'm not looking for people's weak spots, but I need to understand what makes them tick and where are the insecurities because those are the potential roadblocks and what are the ego things that pop up? Not like the big, you know, jerky, rude person ego, but the stuff that makes, that keeps us small. And yeah. if I, if I'm not able to crack that, I'm not as effective at what I do. So what you're doing is you're just bringing people together and being like, here's how we can be better. You're not even saying like you're failing at something, no. you know, <laughs> because everybody wants, most people want to do better. And I, I believe that most medical professionals want to be the best that they can at what they do and provide the highest level of service. So I think that you're doing an amazing thing. And by sharing with them how they can improve on the skill set that they already have, is just going to create this massive positive ripple throughout the community and through the communities that they serve. So good on you. Yeah, I agree. I was talking to a psychologist today about it. Um, and a lot of uh, psychologists get professional mentoring, so they have to do it. It's part of their, but physicians don't. Mm. So they don't have this constant mentoring and professional supervision. But at the same time, we've got physicians that are trying to do everything. They're trying to be counsellors to people they're trying to be business people. They're trying to be everything rather than being what they're good at. And it's actually saying to them, look, just focus on what you're good at and then refer out to all those other sources Yeah. because you're not a counsellor. You're not, you haven't got an MBA. You, you can't do that. You can't do your social media. Well, you can, but sorry, but you suck at it. And also you're, so this is, this has come up with one of my clients where it's never been an issue, but it's needed to be reinforced occasionally. Like there's no reason that you, the doctor should be writing your social media posts. And here's why, because you're a scientist and you want to tell people all about the science and they don't give a flying hoot. They want to know if it works. And so if you're not able to tap into that in layman's speak, you need a layman or laywoman doing that work for you and you shouldn't be doing it anyway. Right. I mean, but you know, you could, right. Yeah. They could, but if they want to reach the humans, <laughs> they need to yeah. have a more human approach. Yeah. And also like who has time for that? That's it. It's about what, what is your time worth? And yes. that's the other piece. Yeah. Cause if you're spending going home at night and spending two hours, three hours on social media, it's taking away from your family time, it's taking away from your time. You could, like now, for me, when I first started doing my social media, I was doing it all myself and I was spending all this time and I was up to 11 o'clock at night and then someone said, well, get a VA. And I'm like, what's a VA? <laughs> oh, well, I'll put you in context. The lady, it's like $15 an hour and she's in Portugal and blah, blah, blah. And you wake up in the morning and all your posts are done. I'm like, what? <laughs> this is magic. This is magic, $15 an hour. And so it's about what is your time worth. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, and that's what people like you teach as well is that, you know, you've got to create that time for yourself. You have to. It doesn't doesn't apparate. (laughs) It doesn't just happen. It's we have to create even like motivation. We have to manufacture motivation and, and we only have so much energy in us. You know, I often ask the question, you know, you say, what is your time worth? That's a really good starting point. And then the next question that I ask is how much do you cost your business? So if I I don't work on an hourly basis, but if I break down what that looks like, I can tell you that my time to figure out how to make a freaking template and then how to load it up and then connect it to my whatever and send it out and blah, blah, blah. 
if it takes me more than like an hour and a half to figure out how to do it and finish it, I have wasted a lot of time. It's good for me to kind of know how to do that stuff. So I know how to hire the people to do it. But one day I looked at how many hours I'd spent. This was way back when I was much more cash poor. And I just Mm -hmm. thought, well, I'll just do it. And I finally gave up and I hired somebody. And I think I paid, I don't know, $150 or something for them to create this multiple step issue. And I had spent probably four days, many hours each day working on it. And I was like, how many clients could I have signed up in that time? How many business plans could I have written? How many people's businesses could I have helped expand in four days time? Ah!" So I vowed never to do that to myself again. It's, it's so true. It's so true. Just what a waste, man. (laughs) That's how we learn. So now if I need something, I'm like, uh, can you do a job form for me? I need this, this, and this. Yeah. And, and then half an hour later, it's completed. You're like, <laughs> half an hour, whoa. You're like, what? I like you. I would like to get that person's name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that's, that's a good the whole turnaround. Other, yes. That's the whole other issue. <laughs> well, you said, you have said that like one of your biggest issues is finding good IT support, mm. right? Is that on the like across the board with your technology systems, or is that more on the social media and and um, that side it's of technology? It's more around the creation of uh, platforms, like, um, you know, you've got Teachable and all those mm-hmm. kinds of things. It's more those platforms where people go in and pay and, you know, payment gateways and stuff like that. And then creating websites, that's been my biggest, hardest, bugbear and it's got worse since COVID because here in Australia we've got a thing I call them the Rona payments um, <laughs> because <laughs> um, we've now the government's actually paying people if they've got a business to uh, a certain amount of money per week which some of them it's more than what they get paid anyway so they're sitting back mm. and just doing nothing now. Um, it's going to be a rude awakening <coughs> when the Rona is over. And when it's over, it's going to be a huge awakening. And I think some of those people could learn from someone like yourself because they're taking on too much and they've got multiple people on the go at once, but they're not um, focused. They're not focused. So that form of IT has been like social media has been okay. I've got a social media um, person that does all my stuff for me and it's been great. Do you know what's amazing? This person is very good because whoever they are, they've captured your voice and your um, vibe. Because I yeah. would never have guessed. I actually wondered how the heck you were getting all that stuff done, plus making these awesome posts. So, <laughs> <laughs> so whoever it is, they're you know they're brilliant at what they do. Yeah, so it allows me now um, on my personal pages where I do so, lots of inspirational stuff. I can yeah. focus on that myself. I mm-hmm. do them every day. But it does. It takes me 10, 15 minutes to do them. Yeah. But my business side of things, I don't have to worry about that anymore. I know that yeah. at 6.30 every morning there'll be a post up and then at 6.30 at night there's another one. Nice. And all I am asked to do is two posts a week now of my own in-depth speaking mm-hmm. and that's all I do so that my audience then goes, oh. Um, there he is. There he is. <laughs> But That's it is great. good. It's finding someone that can start thinking like you, not quite the same, but they know how you think, they know how you work, they um, they can go on and, you know, like 
they don't have to comment. They can go on and like, so people yeah. know that you've engaged. And yeah, good. Nice. Very cool. That's very cool. Well, I always ask these last two questions, and I'm curious what you would share are your three best pieces of advice to any entrepreneur? Ooh. I know. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, one piece, uh, the first piece of advice is you can't do it all on your own. Mm. You, um, you need help. You have to ask for help. And I think you touched on it anyway. Is even if you can't afford that help at the moment, ask for help because it'll come in some way, shape or form. Or someone that could maybe coach you might need some of your services. So there might be a barter system going on. Like there's always ways to do something. Yes. So, yes, you can't do it all on your own. Um, the next part is take time out for yourself. <laughs> mm. If you don't, if you fall down, everything goes down. And that's the truth. You have to take time for yourself. And, and if you schedule that, you're more productive, um, you can give better and you give, you know, and people know you're on, you're on your ball, you're on the ball game and you're 100%. Ah, oh, the last one. <laughs> it's a trick question. Hmm. <laughs> I think you, uh, the, the next bit is you, you have to learn to let go. Mm. Um, you have to trust that the people that you engage and employ and everything, you, you have to let go. You can't do it all. You just can't. Um, so let go, trust, keeping your eye on it a little bit. But it, I think the more you do that, and then it allows those people to step up and if they don't step up, well, then find someone else. But give them that responsibility and give them the chance to step up and do it. Mm. That may be. And mentor, uh, talk to people in the industry. And Yeah. 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 I think that last one is hard for a lot of us, especially entrepreneurs. I mean, we go into business for ourselves because we like to be in charge. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but being in charge and being in control are two very, very different things. Oh. And so I think you've hit the nail on the head when you let go. It's kind of, I had kept picturing like a baby bird. You know, if you're holding a baby bird in your hands and you're holding it really tight, it can't grow, it can't spread its wings, and it might stop breathing. <laughs> so we don't want to do that. I think the same is true with, you know, the team that we hire and um, other, you know, other people in, in the fold with us. So, yeah, that's really, really good advice. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something I learned from this lady, her name. <laughs> you can't possibly have learned all of these things from me. <laughs> <laughs> I learned some. But it's true. Yeah, like and you, you learn by trial and error. It. Yeah, It's true. And um, the classic example you just talked about with my social media, I let go. And now I've got someone working on my social media and they go, oh, is it okay? And I'm like, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. If it's wrong, I'll tell you. Yeah. But at this present time, and because I've given them that, that creative freedom, they're actually uh, stepping up and working and excelling in themselves as well. So it's really, really interesting when you do it. Yeah, that's awesome. I, that's such a great leadership tip too, right? When you, I mean, you obviously need to give direction so that they know yes. what you're looking for. But apart from that, my management style was always like an occasional check-in. Like if you don't hear from me, everything's good. 
I will definitely heap praise on you. But if if I'm busy and I'm doing something else and you haven't heard from me, it's because we're we're good. <laughs> we don't need to we're talk. We're good. Yeah, <laughs> when I was in corporate, so. that was a big deal. You know, I had like 200 people who reported to me through different channels. It's like I can't constantly be checking on you. I need to be able to trust you. And it changed their work ethic a lot. That that's correct. And it, and that's what I say to you is it's not that I don't check in with this this person has to send me the month's worth of social media and they send them in a you know send them to my google drive and i have a look at them and i go yeah they look fine yep. or if they're not i'll go oh look can you just change that little bit but that's 15 minutes work uh, a couple of words on an email whereas before i'd have to sit there and do it all yeah painstaking mm. and it, it and it's hard i think also to do your own social media for your business because you're so close to your business and it's just hard to do that so you're very, very, very wise in trusting your instincts. Oh, <laughs> letting it's, go. It's 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 a it's the pitfalls along the way. You learn, you fall down, you get back up. You fall down, you get back up. Yeah, it's a learning process. Isn't there a Chinese proverb that says something like "fall down six times, get up seven, or fall down yeah. seven, get up eight, or something like that? I can't remember the numbers, yeah. but I like it. <laughs> Whatever it is, yeah. it works, right? You just, I mean, toddlers don't give up on learning to walk, and they fall down a lot. <laughs> oh, do, yeah. Imagine, like, your children, like mine, I was going to put a, um, a, helmet. a helmet on my boy. <laughs> like, he just kept me <laughs> walking around with goose eggs. Yep, learning to walk. We're fine. Everything's good here. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not hurting him. I'm not hurting <laughs> I promise. He's, I just, promise. he's just like a drunken sailor all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, this conversation has been just wonderful and delightful. Thank you so much for being here. I have one final question for you. Yeah. which is how can we support you? Where can we find you? <laughs> well, you can find me um, on several avenues. Um, on social media, we've got uh, Facebook, um, Dr. Andrew Orr, um, at the Brisbane Baby Maker. Um, online, it's www.drandreworr.com.au. And then I've also got Instagram, Dr. Andrew Orr. And um, other than that, you can email me at info at drandreworr.com.au. And yeah, or reach out to me on social media as well. If, you, if I can't get back to you straight away, I will get back to you in 24 to 48 hours. Um, but yeah, there's lots of ways now, isn't there? We, we've all got these platforms we can reach out. And it's like how you and I met. On Facebook. On Facebook, social media. <laughs> I know, it's awesome. And we'll put all of the links in the show notes. So if you, you know, if you didn't catch it, just go back to the show notes for the listeners. But thank you so much, Dr. Andrew. This has been a wonderful conversation as usual. And it's probably getting close to your bedtime. So thank you for hanging out with me on your Friday night. Pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And just one last thing. What is your, how do we find... How do we find you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a good question. TracyTrapesky.com. I'm also, I do no longer have a business page on Facebook, but I'm more readily um, searchable on LinkedIn. That's where I do a lot of my networking for business. So Tracy Trapesky. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Lovely. <laughs> yeah. You've got to plug you too. <laughs> <laughs> constant, 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 shameless, constant. shameless self-promotion. <laughs> self <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's awesome. Good. Well, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Take good care. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. If you liked what you heard, be sure to click the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show. Please leave us a review and tell your friends about us so more people can hear the valuable information we share in each episode. We look forward to hearing from you and celebrating your success.